everybody, and welcome to mini-episode number 18 of Attendance Bias. I'm your host, Brian Weinstein. Today on Attendance Bias, my guest is Lizzie Morelli of Kingston, New York, and she is here to talk about the version of Makisupa Policeman from May 28, 2011 at the Bethel Woods Center for the Performing Arts in Bethel, New York. Lizzie is the founder and publisher of TourStories.net. Tour Stories is a website where writers, photographers, and anyone else covers live music or events related to live music. When I found out about Tour Stories, I was extremely interested and immediately interested to talk to Lizzie because the idea of Tour Stories is not just to cover what happens, but for the writer or the photographer to also insert himself or herself into the narrative and tell the story of the live music from a personal point of view rather than just an objective point of view. So when I reached out to Lizzie and she told me she would be happy to talk about Makisupa from the 2011 Bethel Woods run... I was hooked because I was at this show, and this is one of the more memorable versions of Makisupa that I've ever heard, and I thought it would be immediately interesting to hear about it from another point of view. So let's join Lizzie Morelli and talk about Makisupa Policeman from May 28th, 2011, Bethel Woods. Lizzie Morelli from Tour Stories, how are you doing today? Thanks for being on Attendance Bias. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. We are here today to talk about Fish's performance of Makisupa Policeman from May 28th, 2011 at Bethel Woods. Well, the Bethel Woods Center for the Performing Arts in Bethel Woods, New York. But first, we'd like to hear a little bit about you and your website, Tour Stories. So you grew up in Manhasset, Long Island, right? North Shore. That's correct. North Shore, Long Island. Yeah, and I'm from the extreme South Shore, so we'll have to meet in the middle next time the band plays the Coliseum. Exactly. (laughs) All right, so let's get right to it. We'll talk about Tour Stories, which is a website, but I'm not going to give a summary. It's your site. So if a complete stranger walked up to you and said, oh, tell me about Tour Stories, tell us. Yeah, so Tour Stories is a website. Um, We're also on Instagram and Facebook, but really the goal of tour stories was interacting with musicians and getting tickets to go to free shows originally. (laughs) That's how it evolved. I want to say four years ago, I started writing and I was writing for Live for Live Music and all these different um, outlets. And then that kind of evolved into me trying to do it myself. And now it's kind of taken off in a cool way. As we started to publish things, Artists, photographers, writers, they would reach out and ask to do it themselves. So then it became, it's kind of like people interacting with me to get to go do what they want to do, which is take photos of bands and go see them too. So what's the difference between a website like Live for Live Music and Tour Stories? I would say they're similar, but we're trying to present a narrative. A lot of our writers are talking to you about their experiences at the shows, what the water felt like. A lot of those other websites are, they're trying to tell you what you missed last night, but this is more of a personal experience. Yeah. That sounds a lot like this podcast. Yes. So a lot like it. Yeah. When I, when I found your site and you were recommended to me by a friend of yours, it just seemed like a really good match because even though mine is very fish centric yours, it seems like you cover all sorts of bands and genres. Is that right? 
Yes, that's true. So we try to cover everything. Um, really, it's what our writers and photographers want to cover. So if they want to go to that show and talk about that experience, we let them do it. Where can any listeners find you, whether on social media or online? Yeah. So on Instagram, we're tour stories. So tour dot stories. And then on uh, just website where tourstories.net. And that's where you can find us. So let's get into the attendance bias lightning round. Attendance bias lightning round. Lizzie, you're a big fish fan. So tell us, when was your first fish show? First fish show was Nassau Coliseum, February 2003. It was a big show. Yeah, you picked a really good one. <laughs> I, I know. I actually lucked out because uh, maybe you can relate to this, but Long Island High School, all the older kids, I was eighth grade going into ninth grade. So we were almost in high school and you started to hear about all these cool things that people were doing. And that was one of the things that the cool kids were going to do. So I was like, if I can get a ride and a ticket, I should really go and experience this. And that's what we did. I wish that the cool kids in my high school were into fish because it was me and two, <laughs> two other friends, whatever you were up to in Manhasset in Belmore and Merrick kids were not into fish. When I was in high school, they were looking for, uh, was it jingle ball, the Z 100 oh. festival and M and M and stuff like that. At oh the time. my goodness. When was your last fish show? Last show was the last, uh, show of Baker's dozen, which was a long time ago, unfortunately. And every day now makes it feel even longer ago. Oh, it's horrible. If I had known, I would have just made it across the country for a few more shows. (laughs) What's your favorite fish song? I don't know, but I think crowd control is one of my favorite fish songs. And I think it has to do with the fact that I'm into music because of the lyrics. Like I'm very much about the stories and stuff. And every time I've heard crowd control was, I think it's back. And it's just that feeling that I got from hearing it. So that's why I like crowd control. Uh, What's your favorite venue? Um, My favorite venue is SPAC. I love the whole atmosphere there. It's funny because going to that, going to SPAC with music lovers and stuff, there are complaints about the lawn and stuff like that, but I just love it. I love SPAC. Indoor fish or outdoor fish? Indoor fish? (laughs) That's a tough one. Right, because SPAC doesn't count, right? SPAC is the exception. (laughs) Exactly, I'm like... (laughs) Uh, Song you're chasing. This was a tough one. I don't know if I'm chasing a song because I think that my experience with Fish is like less about each of the songs. I know that people that love Fish, like it's like, I'm chasing this one, I'm chasing that one. A lot of our writers, when they write about Fish, they write about that stuff. But I don't know if I'm chasing a song because I'd have to go back and see what I haven't heard. What's your favorite overall year of fish? I would say it was that 2010 um, fall tour, like Providence Amherst. That was like the prime of me going to fish on a regular basis and just with a group of people that I was connecting with on a regular basis. And then like after that year, that group kind of spread out and it wasn't the same. (laughs) What's your favorite post-show snack? Uh, Cheese fries. And what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen at a fish show? 
I was laughing at this one because there's so many things that you see there, but the weirdest was seeing my twin brother there because it was like literally, pigs were, literally pigs were flying and I couldn't believe that he was at a fish show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into the song that you picked for today. Makasupa Policeman from May 28th, 2011 in Bethel. So just a little background, and if there's anything you want to chime in with, go right ahead, interrupt me, don't feel bad. So these three shows, this was the three-show run on Memorial Day weekend in 2011. It was also the opening shows of the 2011 summer tour. It was Fish's first time, and to date, their only time playing at the venue, which is on the site of the original Woodstock Festival. Some highlights of this run included an incredible waves from the first night and the sound check from the day before a crazy set of jams from night one an all time bathtub gin, which went into Manteca back to bathtub gin, which very soon after I remember people were already calling it Ginteca and today's Makasupa uh, night three had an incredible set list, which was a feast of fan favorites. And my favorite was Ballad of Curtis Lowe when they played night three. I think that was the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. What were your memories of going to Bethel? Um, so that was just like a really amazing weekend for me. That was first, it was a New York show. So being a New Yorker, even for Long Island, you're like, they're in New York. Um, and then just that crew, uh, we had an Airbnb in the area. So doing that and then fish itself. I remember that Maki Supa. I remember the venue was pretty magical. It was very clean. I remember that it was like pathways and stuff like that. And then the crowd itself just felt good. Um, yeah, there was tons of stuff about that show that I loved. I remember a couple of years ago on the weekend, like the anniversary weekend. I don't remember when this was, but I posted on one of the fish Facebook groups. I said that even though there are a lot of favorite venues, whether it's the Gorge or SPAC, like you said, or Madison Square Garden. Everyone always has complaints, no matter how great the venue is or how good a show is. There's always, we're fish fans, there's something to complain about. Bethel is unique, I think, in that it's the one weekend where I've never heard a fan say anything bad about the yeah. music, about the grounds, about the area, nothing. It was a great place to see a show for sure. And maybe we all loved it too, because it was the first time there. You didn't like have anything to complain about yet. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. If they played there again, then we'd have all the naysayers. Yeah. I remember before that weekend, when we were driving into town, it was a little nerve wracking because it was a smaller town and there were a lot of police. Uh, So I remember that being a cause for concern. But like, no, everyone was really welcoming and chill that whole weekend. Yeah, that whole area of New York is very welcoming and chill. Yeah, they never left from Woodstock. So Makasupa was played right in the middle of the second set. It was played after one of the best, in my opinion, backwards down the number lines of the time. And it was right before a dramatic Harry Hood that the Makasupa segue directly into. And I thought at the time and still think it's like the perfect comic relief because this was a pretty dramatic show. There are a lot of big jams, a lot of big fun songs. So before we get into the song, the minute by minute breakdown, why did you pick Makasupa of all the jams you could ever pick? I just uh, it's funny because I remember like leaving that venue and, ta- and, you know, when someone's talking in the car and I'm like, Makisupa, Makisupa, like it was like an exciting they were interacting with us. 
Um, it got a little creepy with the delay pedal and stuff like that. It was just like, it stood out to me and it's something I remember. So let's get right into it for the first minute or minute and a half. It was a typical opening. Uh, for me, Makasupa has always been kind of a, like a joke song, like yeah. just kind of a, a passing through. I, knew, I always held it in very high esteem because it's one of the oldest fish songs. So I never paid it much mind other than it's fun. But this one was a little bit more. But for the first minute and a half, it was a typical opening where Trey said, woke up this morning, put on my shoe, looked over at Paige, and he told me what to do. He passes it over to Paige and Paige says, I woke up this morning with a really long pause, he says, and I smoked a big spliff. Like, I remember everyone like thinking that was hysterical, laughing out loud. Um, I didn't, I know at the time I wasn't thinking necessarily about Trey being sober, but it was, uh, it was funny. Cause I thought, yeah, I agree. I thought it was really funny too, but I think the joke works on multiple levels because Makasuba is always the drug song anyway. Like in, yeah. in the nineties, <laughs> especially they would play it in venues where, it was kind of going around that security was being extra strict. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember that being the case here, but anyway, we know that Trey is now, we know he's famously sober, mm -hmm. right? And the, the backstage area is completely dry. There almost is none. So the fact that Paige is joking, saying he smoked a big spliff and then Trey is about to say something like that. I think they're kind of making fun of themselves yeah. and maybe the audience a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And then about a little more than a minute and a half, there was the first mention of Paige's house, which became the theme of the song because Trey says, later on this morning, Fish was in his house. He only lives down the street from Paige. And what happened, Fish? Do you remember what, what Fish responded with? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it was porn or corn. Even <laughs> back, and in anticipation of this, I listened to this like 10 times. Still can't tell. 
I'm, I'm rooting for porn. <laughs> I, I'll root for whatever he wants because it made me laugh either way. I mean, can you imagine if you think about that contextually, like just being put on the spot like that, if, like in that moment, what could come out of your mouth? <laughs> I think that's what they do every time now. And 3.0 yeah. at least. I don't think that Trey plans anything ahead, especially the keyword in Makasupa. And he's done this a lot lately. He'll just hand it over to another band member. Mm-hmm. They kind of all juggle it around, but this time it really caught fire because around two and a half minutes in, I think things get a little interesting. This is where Trey starts latching onto the word house, and I started to freak out a little bit. By your though you can't see it at home, but by the look on her face, it looks like Lizzie, you started to freak out. I freaked out too. I was having a little fun and it got a little creepy. It was a lot of houses. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, over and over and over again with with different sound effects and different vocal pedals and modulators. Yeah, when I uh I thought I was remembering it wrong, and then I listened to it yesterday. I was like, no, that would be so weird if it was like how 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 yes, and that's exactly what it was. And I think this is where it all came together because like I said before, we know that Trey's famously sober, sober. It's obviously a joke that he smoked a spliff and this, so they're making fun of themselves. I think they're making fun of the crowd. And I think they're making fun of the idea of fish being the drug band who is now yep. completely sober. Sober. Yep. And so I'm cracking up at this point. I'm loving it. I remember huge goofy smile on my face about the halfway point of this track, Trey says, let's take it to Mike's house, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is really when things got musically interesting. Yes. Mike's house musically got interesting. Interesting. I know that it was what, when they brought it back to page house that I was like super stoked on it. But the beginning part with Mike was really awesome. Let's take it to Mike's Yeah, and it was a sick bass solo. You know, Mike was the only one, I think, of the four of them who really took it as an opportunity to... To shine. Yeah, to shine and not just play the the vocal joke back and forth to the point where Trey just went, motherfucker, Mike's house. House. (laughs) 
Yeah. And then about a minute after that, it got pretty funky. Like it became a real song. Yeah, it did. Which is like, when else has Maki Super done that? I'm sure there's someone out there who knows. Knows, right? We'll have but, to follow up yeah. on that. You're in Paige's house now. Paige's house. Paige's house. Musically, it's not just a vocal joke anymore. They're playing a really great groove, which is actually, you just said it. I wrote it too. It's unlike other versions of Makasupa. Yeah. It's great. It really is. And so to wrap it up, Trey says, this is what it sounds like in Fish's house where they all drop out and Fish plays the intro little drum riff, drum fill into Harry Hood. Which was awesome. So what was it like walking out of the show for you? I remember being super excited. Uh, just that was the second night. So we still had one more night. We were amped up, ready to go. We went back to our Airbnb, had a blast. So Lizzie Morelli, thank you for coming on and talking about Makasuba Policeman from May 28th, 2011 at Bethel in Burn Lizzie's house today. So uh, before we cut out of here. Can you remind us a little bit about tour stories, what it is and where we could find it? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, it was nice to uh, have someone ask me some questions for once. Uh, Tour stories. You can find us at tourstories.net. Any um, photographers or writers out there, contact us if you want to review a show, uh, take pictures, do whatever you want to do. And that's it for today's episode of Attendance Bias. I'd like to thank Lizzie Morelli of Tour Stories for joining me today. Next week, please join me as I branch out into the rest of the Fish podcast world and I speak to Skinny and JW of the podcast Stub Me Down. Stub Me Down is a podcast where Christian and JW, two best friends who have been going to shows together for years and years, literally they reach into a pile of ticket stubs and then they discuss the show that they picked out with one another and to one another. It's a lot like attendance bias, so it felt like a natural fit for me to invite them onto the show. JW and Skinny chose to talk about Fish's show from July 3rd, 2000 in Camden, so I hope you join us. Again, I'd like to thank Liz Morelli of Tour Stories for joining me today, Fish.net for providing all the information we need, and Fish.in for providing a phenomenal sounding recording of this track today. If you enjoy Attendance Bias, please support the show. Leave a rating, leave a review of the show on the podcast app of your choice, or just tell one person about the podcast, call them, text them, however you want to reach out to spread the word. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next week on Attendance Bias. Attendance Bias.